إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Today then we move on to the next statement of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullahu ta'ala and that is the statement qawluhu wa inna al-Qur'ana kalamullah that indeed the Qur'an is the speech of Allah minhu bada bila kayfiyyah qawlan وَأَنزَلَهُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِهِ وَحْيًا It began from Allah without us knowing the how but as a statement meaning that Allah spoke the Qur'an Allah spoke the Qur'an and as we will come to know Jibreel alayhi salam heard the Qur'an from Allah Allah spoke the Qur'an it is the speech of Allah and Jibreel alayhi salam heard that Qur'an from Allah and then he came and passed on that revelation to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَأَنزَلَهُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِهِ وَحْيًا And Allah revealed that to his messenger as the revelation, as a revelation. وَصَدَّقَهُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ عَلَىٰ ذَلِكَ حَقَّا and the believers, they testify and believe in that upon truth, in reality, they accept this revelation. وَأَيْقَنُوا أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى بِالْحَقِيقَةِ And the believers have certainty that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. They have certainty that the speech of Allah the Qur'an is the speech of Allah in reality. لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ كَكَلَامِ الْبَرِيَّةِ It is not created like the speech of creation, like the speech of humans. The Qur'an is not created like that, like the speech of humans. فَمَنْ سَمِعَهُ فَزَعَمَ أَنَّهُ كَلَامُ الْبَشَرِ فَقَدْ كَفَرْ Whomsoever hears it and then claims that this Qur'an is the speech of mankind, it is the speech of humans, then that person has disbelieved. وَقَدْ ذَمَّهُ اللَّهُ وَعَابَهُ And Allah has uh, criticized and mentioned the dispraise of that individual. وَأَوْعَدَهُ بِسَقَرُ And Allah has promised that person the hellfire, the one who rejects. That the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. حَيْثُ قَالَ تَعَالَى As Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, سَأُصْلِيهِ سَقَرْ That I will cast him into the fire. فَلَمَّا أَوْعَدَ اللَّهُ بِسَقَرْ لِمَنْ قَالَ إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا قَوْلُ الْبَشَرِ عَلِمْنَا وَأَيْقَنَّا أَنَّهُ قَوْلُ خَالِقِ الْبَشَرِ وَلَا يُشْبِهُ قَوْلَ الْبَشَرِ the fact, the fact that Allah 
promises and gives this threat of hellfire to the ones who reject that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. They refuse to accept that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah and instead they say this Qur'an is made from mankind and humans and Muhammad and others wrote this Qur'an. Then Allah promises them the hellfire upon that. This indicates to us that the Qur'an is certainly not created. It is certainly not from mankind, not written by humans. It is the speech of the Creator of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence the severe threat upon the one who denies that and claims that it is speech of mankind. So we as Ahlul Sunnah, we know that the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From Him it began and to Him it will return. It is not created. Revealed from Allah as revelation to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the belief of Ahlul Sunnah regarding the Qur'an. And this is very important and this chapter is absolutely vital. Because many people have made error and mistake and misunderstanding when it comes to the topic of the Qur'an. So we say the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah. Allah spoke the Qur'an with sounds and letters that were heard by Jibreel alayhi salam. Jibreel alayhi salam heard the Qur'an from Allah. Then he came and taught that to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Qur'an is the speech of Allah. Allah spoke the Qur'an. It is not something created. It is an attribute of Allah, the speech of Allah. What is one of the proofs that the Qur'an is indeed an attribute of Allah, the speech of Allah, it is not something created. One of the simplest proofs you can memorize as an evidence that the Qur'an is not created. It is the speech of Allah. Allah spoke the Qur'an. It is the attribute of Allah. Is the hadith of Khawla bint Hakim. In this narration, she mentions that the Prophet wasallam said, مَنْ نَزَلَ مَنْزِلًا فَقَالْ أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَّاتِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقْ لَمْ يَذُرَّهُ شَيْءٌ حَتَّى يَرْحَلَ مِنْ مَنْزِلِهِ ذَاكِ That when a person goes somewhere, camps up somewhere, goes somewhere, somewhere new, somewhere strange, whatever that place may be, so he then seeks refuge in Allah. But the wording of the hadith says, and he seeks refuge in the perfect words of Allah, then nothing will harm him at that place until he leaves. He'll be safe for the duration of his stay in that place. When he seeks refuge in the perfect and complete words of Allah, Seeking refuge, meaning asking for protection, asking to be guarded 
making that type of dua, that is obviously only to be made to Allah. That type of dua, al-isti'adha, seeking that protection, seeking refuge, seeking safeguard, then that is sought from Allah. Here though in the dua, you're not seeking it by saying, I seek refuge in Allah. You're saying the dua in Muslim, I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah. If the words of Allah, the Qur'an, were created, that would mean you are seeking refuge in something created. And that would obviously be incorrect. That would be incorrect, that would be shirk. Seeking refuge in something created to protect you in an affair that it cannot aid or protect you in at all. So now we know the fact that you are allowed to say that statement, I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah. I seek refuge, safeguard in the perfect words of Allah. Then really that means you are making that dua to Allah. Because the words of Allah are the attribute of Allah. The speech of Allah. So you saying that is the same as saying I seek refuge in Allah. Essentially, if it was created, then it wouldn't be permissible to say that. It wouldn't be permissible to say I seek refuge in the words of Allah. If that Quran and those words were something from the creation. So the fact that you can do that and say that indicates the words of Allah are not created. They are not created. They are the attribute of Allah, the speech of Allah. So that is one evidence that you could learn uh, to remember as a proof that the Qur'an and the words of Allah are not created. They are the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Imam Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi rahimahullah mentions, هذه قاعدة شريفة وأصل كبير من أصول الدين That this point regarding the Qur'an, it is a significant principle from the principles of the religion. This is something very important to learn what the Qur'an is and the aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah regarding the Qur'an. ظَلَّ فِيهِ طَوَائِفُ كَثِيرًا مِنَ النَّاسِ Many people have gone astray over the issue of the Qur'an and their lack of understanding what the Qur'an is. And in our time, in particular those people who don't understand and don't have knowledge, have never studied properly the religion, they come out and they make statements and claims to the correct aqidah, and it's not the correct aqidah. The likes of Yusuf Estes, for example, an individual who is not learned in these sciences, and so he came and began to make errors in the aqidah regarding the Qur'an, and many others before him too. So this is a point where many of the groups of innovation went astray upon. وَقَدْ افْتَرَقَ الناس في مسألة الكلام على تسعة أقوال الإمام ابن أبي العز الحنفي says 
the people throughout the ages from the beginning they have split up over the issue of the Quran and their understanding of things into nine different groups nine different overall opinions of the different groups in what they say regarding the Quran some of the more famous ones we won't mention them all but to give an idea of what some of the people of innovation were upon one of them for example the obvious one is the statement of the Mu'tazila who say very blatantly basically that the Quran is created they say Allah created the Quran it's one of the creation blatantly incorrect and false statement but that is the statement of the Mu'tazila أَنَّهُ مَخْلُوقٌ خَلَقَهُ اللَّهُ مُنْفَصِلًا عَنْهُ that the Qur'an is just something created, Allah created it separately. Nothing to do with Allah. It's a created thing that Allah created separately. That's what the Mu'tazila, people of innovation, incorrectly believed. Another statement by some of them, another famous one, أَنَّهُ مَعْنَى وَاحِدْ قَائِمْ بِذَاتِ اللَّهِ هُوَ الْأَمْرُ وَالنَّهْيُ وَالْخَبَرُ وَالْإِسْتِخْبَارِ That the Qur'an, it is a selection of meanings, a selection of meanings within Allah, with the essence of Allah. That Allah has this, these meanings of the Qur'an and everything that is in the Qur'an, that is within Allah, that is the, in the essence of Allah. So then how do we get from that to the Qur'an that we have? They say those meanings within Allah, those meanings within Allah, those commandments, those prohibitions, uh, the information in the Qur'an, we've been taught about various things, paradise and everything. All of that information is within Allah. When it is there in the form of Arabic, then it is the Qur'an. When it's there in the form of Hebrew, it is those meanings and everything within Allah. When it's there in the Hebrew form, it's the Torah. So that's what some of them said. In عُبِّرَ عَنْهُ بِالْعَرَبِيَّةِ then it's Qur'an. وَإِنْ عُبِّرَ عَنْهُ بِالْعِبْرِيَّةِ It's the Torah. And this is the statement of Ibn Kullab uh, and others who agreed with him upon that. So that is again clearly false to say that this is some internal set of ideas or information within Allah. When they are manifested in the Arabic, it's the Qur'an. When those... Uh, that information is manifested in Hebrew, it's the Torah. And we know that isn't correct either. There is another statement very similar to that. They say the Quran, it is this information within Allah. All of the Quran, the prohibitions, the commands, everything the Quran has in it, it is information within Allah. 
How did it become the Qur'an then and come to us? They say Allah never spoke it because they don't want to affirm that the Qur'an is the attribute and the attribute of speech and etc. They say no, Allah never spoke the Qur'an. It's within Allah, the Qur'an. All of that Qur'an, Allah knows that. But then how does it come to us then if Allah never spoke it? Some of them they say that Jibreel alayhi salam was inspired with the Qur'an. That he was made to become aware of all of that Qur'an. That Allah just basically put the Qur'an into Jibreel. That Jibreel was then made aware of all of that Qur'an from Allah. Without Allah ever speaking it or saying it, Jibreel never heard anything. But all of those meanings of the Qur'an were inserted into Jibreel. And then he came and told the Prophet So now they deny the speech of Allah, that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. They say it was transferred into Jibreel. Others they say, again to deny that it is the speech of Allah. They say, the Qur'an, it is written in Al-Lawhul Mahfuz. True? True? They say, Jibreel alayhi salam went to Al-Lawhul Mahfuz, the preserved tablet, and got the Qur'an from there. Took the Qur'an from the preserved tablet, it's all there, read it, memorized it, etc. And went and taught the Prophet So they say again, no such thing, Allah spoke the Qur'an and the speech of Allah. Jibreel went to the Lawh al-Mahfuz, saw all of the Qur'an written, from there learnt it, and went and taught the Prophet This is another opinion some of the people of innovation they bring. So they have all of these various different types of statements they make. All of these statements of theirs are in opposition to the clear statements of Ahl Sunnah, based upon the evidences of the Qur'an and the Sunnah itself, that the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that Allah spoke the Qur'an. Because indeed we know Allah speaks. The attribute of Allah of speech. If a person does not have the ability to speak, no speech, then is that praiseworthy or is that a deficiency? Clear deficiency. Can Allah ever be attributed with deficiencies? Absolutely not. In fact, when Ibrahim salam was explaining and refuting the mushrikun at his time, after he destroyed the idols and they came back, he said to them what? Your gods don't speak. Before that, he said to them, ask the big one if indeed he can speak. Ask him, your Lord, God. Ask him, he'll tell you who broke all of the idols. He's the God, he knows, doesn't he? He can speak to you, he can tell you, he's a God, you say. So ask him, and your God will tell you who broke all of these idols. He mentioned that on purpose as the scholars of tafsir say. Ibrahim salam made that point on purpose. Saying to them, these are gods as you say. Then surely these gods can speak. 
So ask your gods and they'll tell you who broke all of these idols. Ask the big god, he'll tell you. Now the people knew that this so-called deity of theirs cannot speak. That therefore became a point of refutation upon them straight away. That this is supposed to be a god and he can't even talk. This is supposed to be a great deity of yours and it can't even speak. So that was to show them the uh, degradation of the status of these so-called deities of theirs. They cannot even speak. How can they be lords and gods as you claim? Surely the creator, the sustainer, the provider, the Lord speaks. You cannot attribute this deficiency of muteness to the Lord. So certainly we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. And this is an attribute uh, to Allah. There are many evidences that prove that. One of them for example, there is a hadith that says, مَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ أَحَدٍ There is not a single one from amongst you إِلَّا وَسَيُكَلِّمُهُ رَبُّهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لَيْسَ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهُ تُرْجُمَانِ There is not a single one from amongst you except that Allah will speak to you on the day of judgment. There will not be any interpreter between you. There will be no interpreter between you. Allah will speak to you all on the day of judgment. There is not one from amongst you except that Allah will speak to you. And there will not be an interpreter. So this indicates that Allah speaks. The speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All those ayat in the Quran. When Allah speaks to the people of paradise. When Allah speaks to the people of paradise. Shall I increase you with any more reward? All those ayat, Allah speaks to them. In the hadith about the last third of the night, Allah descends, يَنزِلُ رَبُّنَا إِذَا بَقِيَ ثُلُثُ اللَّيْلِ الْأَخِيرِ And then, يَقُولُ He says, مَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُنِي فَأَغْفِرَ لَهُ مَنْ يَدْعُونِي فَأَسْتَجِيبَ لَهُ مَنْ يَسْأَلُنِي فَأَعْطِيَهُ Then Allah says, who is seeking my forgiveness and I will forgive them? Who is making dua and I will answer them? Who is seeking repentance and I will pardon them? Who is asking for anything else and I will give it to them? Allah speaks. So that is something which is absolutely established. Established. So the Quran, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here then, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi said in his statement, إِنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ The Qur'an is the speech of Allah. مِنْهُ بَدَى بِلَا كَيْفِيَّ قَوْلَا That it came from, it began from Allah. That speech came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The speech came from Allah. Why does he mention that point? As a refutation of all of these statements we've just said about the people of innovation. How all of them want to claim that it did not come as the speech of Allah from Allah. They don't want to accept that. He, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi makes it clear in the text, 
It is from Allah, the speech. Qawlan, as a speech, it emerged, it came from Allah, the source of that speech is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he also says, وَأَنزَلَهُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِهِ وَحْيَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveal that upon, reveal that upon His Messenger as a revelation. That speech, that Qur'an revealed to Muhammad sallam as a revelation. Uh, Al-Imam Ibn Abil Izz gives a few extra evidences also to prove these points. The points that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, that Allah spoke the Qur'an. He gives the example in the Qur'an when Allah spoke to Musa. Again affirming the speech of Allah. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا that Allah spoke to Musa salam directly. Clear proof again that Allah has the attribute of speech. Allah has the attribute of speech. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى Similarly, وَكَمْ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ مِنْ دَلِيلٍ عَلَى تَكْلِيمِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى لِأَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ وَغِيرِهِمْ how many evidences are there in the Qur'an? Ibn Abil Izzah al-Hanafi says. How many evidences? Meaning there are so many evidences. When Allah speaks to the people of paradise. For example, Salamun qawlam min rabbir rahim. A statement from the Rabb. Speech, statement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Similarly, in the hadith, of Jabir radiyallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said bayna ahlul jannati fi na'imihim idh sata'a lahum nurun farafa'u absarahum fa'idha rabbu jalla jalaluhu qad ashrafa alayhim min fawqihim faqal assalamu alaykum ya ahlul jannah wa huwa qawlullahi ta'ala Salamun qawlam min rabbir rahim. Jabir mentions in this narration that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that when the people of paradise are within paradise, then a light comes upon them. So when they raise their eyesight, they see above them that their Lord has appeared. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there. And then he says to them, Assalamu alaikum, O people of paradise. So this is the tafsir of the statement in the Quran. Salamun qawlam min rabbir rahim. So all of this is evidence to the fact that Allah speaks. Similarly, ففي, نعم, ففي هذا الحديث, إثبات صفة الكلام. وَإِثْبَاتُ الرُّؤْيَةِ وَإِثْبَاتُ الْعُلُوِّ This narration now tells us about the affirmation of the attribute of speech. Also the affirmation of seeing Allah. In paradise how they see Allah. The affirmation of Allah being the most high. In the narration it mentions that Allah comes from above. All of these points mentioned. 
wa kayfa yasihhu ma'a hadha an yakuna kalamur rabbi kulluhu ma'nan wahidan kama yaqulu ahlul bid'ah so now how can it be that all of the speech of allah is just one piece of information that just changes in arabic to quran in in hebrew to the torah as they said rather allah speaks to them in these different places different times different situations wa qala ta'ala inna alladhina yashtaruna bi ahdillahi wa aymanihim thamanan qalila ulaika la khalaqa lahum fil akhirah wa la yukallimuhumullahu wa la yanzuru ilayhim that those who purchase by the covenant of Allah a small price, they sell themselves out. Those people who sell themselves out, أُولَٰئِكَ لَا خَلَاقَ لَهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ Then they will not have any share in the hereafter. They will not have any share in the hereafter. And Allah will not speak to them and not look to them. فَأَهَانَهُمْ بِتَرْكْ تَكْلِيمِهِمْ So Allah degrades them by not speaking to them. Hence the believers, Allah raises them, ennobles them by speaking to them. And this is the same as seeing Allah. The people... The mujrimun, what is mentioned in the Qur'an regarding them and ru'yatullah. Lamahjubun. Who? The mujrimun. Fa'in kana al-mujrimun, mahjubin. Fa'kayfa bil-mu'minin. Mada naqula an mu'minin? Mahjubun? So if the disbelievers are concealed from seeing Allah, that is a degradation of them. The believers therefore will clearly not be concealed from seeing Allah. Because if the believers were going to be concealed from seeing Allah too, then what is the difference between the degradation of the disbelievers and the believers? They're the same. None of them can see Allah. So the point that is made regarding them being mahjubun, Veiled from seeing Allah is a degradation of them. Hence, mafhumul mukhalafa, the believers will not be veiled from seeing Allah. That's the same as this year. That those individuals, la yukallimuhumullah, Allah will not speak to those wrongdoers. Degradation for them. Therefore, mafhumul mukhalafa, as they say, the opposite can be understood the other way, which is that the righteous. Allah will speak to them therefore. Because if Allah wasn't going to speak to the righteous either, then what degradation is it that Allah isn't going to speak to the non-righteous? They're all the same in that case. Hence you see another proof there. وَالْمُرَادْ أَنَّهُ لَا يُكَلِّمُهُمْ تَكْلِيمَ تَكْرِيمٌ And this is another important point. It means that Allah will not speak to them in a manner of honor. But Allah will speak to them in a manner of punishment or... There's another word. Uh, rebuke. 
in a, in a way of putting them down. Degradation, rebuke. There's a, those kind of meanings. Allah will speak to them in that down type of way. Condescending. Condesc- no, not condescending. There's another word, tawbikh. Check the meaning of tawbikh. What they give in English for it. That Allah will speak to them in that way of rebuke. So that isn't something pleasing for them. That isn't something pleasing for them when Allah speaks to them with that rebuke. Whereas the believers, Allah will speak to them with honor for them. So here when it says Allah will not speak to them, the meaning as many scholars say, is that Allah will not speak to them, i.e. in a manner of honor, as Allah will speak to the believers. They will be spoken to in a manner of rebuke. That's the meaning. How? إِذْ قَدْ أَخْبَرَ فِي الْآيَةِ الْأُخْرَى أَنَّهُ يَقُولُ لَهُمْ فِي النَّارِ Remain therein and do not speak to me. So Allah is speaking to them. But it's speaking to them. Allah is speaking to them with rebuke. Do not speak, you are remaining therein. It is rebuke upon them. So that's what the scholars, they say this means when it says Allah will not speak to them. Allah will speak to them. But it's a speech of rebuke and reprimand. Rebuke and reprimand, not a speech of honor and dignity for them. So all of that, the point we have here is though, the attribute of speech, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. وَقَالَ الْبُخَارِيُّ فِي صَحِيحِهِ Imam al-Bukhari in his book, Sahih al-Bukhari, بَاب كَلَامِ الرَّبِّ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى مَعَ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ the chapter, Al-Imam Al-Bukhari has a chapter in Bukhari. The chapter that the Allah speaks to the people of paradise. Allah, the Lord, the Most High, speaks with the people of paradise. That's the name of the chapter in Bukhari. So that is something known and established. In that chapter, if you go and check in Bukhari, there are several narrations Affirming that Allah speaks to the people of paradise. فَأَفْضَلُ نَعِيمِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ رُؤْيَةُ وَجْهِهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى وَتَكْلِيمُهُ لَهُمْ The greatest reward that the people of paradise can be given is the fact that they see Allah and that Allah speaks to them. Seeing Allah, we'll come to that topic later on. There'll be a chapter in more detail about it. Of course, we know that when the believers see Allah, they will not be able to fully grasp and comprehend the vision of Allah. Such is the might and the majesty of Allah. That we do not have the capability to grasp the the sight of Allah fully. But they will see Allah. The example the scholars give is of the sun or the moon. You can see the moon, but do you comprehend the reality of the moon by just seeing it? You do not. Seeing the moon, can you work out by just looking at it how many miles away it is? Can you work out by just looking at it what the diameter of it is? Can you work out what the weight of it is by looking at it? Can you work out all multiple different types of information about it by just looking at it? You see it, 
But you won't know any of those details until you do the measurements and the satellites and all these other things they do. Otherwise, by looking at it, you get a general vision of the moon. But the details and the specifics and the diameter and the weight and the mileage and all these different things, you don't know any of that by just looking at it. So that's the meaning of you can see something, but you may not grasp the reality and the details. That's the real meaning of the people of paradise seeing Allah. They will see Allah. But such is the might and the majesty of Allah, they will not fully comprehend the vision. But that will come later on. Here, we were saying the greatest reward in paradise is that they will see Allah and that Allah will speak to them. فَأَفْضَلُ نَعِيمِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ رُؤْيَةُ وَجْهِهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى وَتَكْلِيمُهُ لَهُمْ فَإِنْكَارُ ذَلِكَ إِنْكَارٌ لِرُوحِ الْجَنَّةِ وَأَعْلَى نَعِيمِهَا وَأَفْضَلِهِ أَلَّذِي مَا طَابَتْ لِأَهْلِهَا إِلَّا بِهِ A person who rejects, and this is a really nice statement, Ibn Abi Al-Iz, he says a person who rejects seeing Allah as the people of innovation do, a person who rejects the seeing of Allah, the speaking of Allah to the people of paradise, then that person is rejecting the real essence of paradise. Because that is the ultimate reward in paradise. You're rejecting the, the real pinnacle of the reward of paradise. The real ultimate pinnacle of the reward, you're rejecting it. He says here in his wording, you are rejecting the spirit of paradise. Meaning the essence of your reward in there, which is at the pinnacle to see Allah and to be spoken to by Allah. If you're rejecting that, you're rejecting the, the, the core of the reward of paradise. So he says that is a disaster for them. That the people of paradise, they gain that ultimate bliss in that. So if you're rejecting that, you're, you're rejecting the reality and the ultimate bliss of paradise. And that is what the people of innovation do. That's why the scholars, they said, there is a dua. There is a dua. You know, you might think, you might think when you make dua, all the, the mu'minun, the believers, everybody is making this dua. Everybody is making the same dua. I'm asking for paradise. Everybody is making dua for paradise. So is there a dua that we can do that other people, they will not be doing it? Some scholars they say, you should make, if you make dua, Allah give me paradise, every believer, mubtadi' or from Ahl Sunnah is making dua, Allah give me paradise. But then the scholars say, you should make dua, Allahumma rzuqna bi ru'yatika fil akhirah. Oh Allah, give us, bless us with seeing you in the hereafter. Because now, all of those groups of innovation, none of them will be making that dua. Ahlul Bid'ah, ma yad'una bi hadha dua. They don't make this dua. So you will be just Ahlul Sunnah making dua, or Allah let us see you in the hereafter. All of the innovators, none of them will be making that dua. They don't believe in it in the first place. So, this is uh, something mentioned. Then,
There is an ayah that we should highlight. An ayah that we should highlight that some of the people of innovation may use, they may use against you to say that the Qur'an is not the speech of Allah. فَإِنْ قِيلُ قَدْ قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ That it is the speech of the noble messenger. They may say, look, in the Qur'an itself you are being told this is the speech of the messenger, not the speech of Allah. إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ It is the speech of the noble messenger. So now if they say to you, there you go. You're being told there and there. It's the speech of Muhammad Wasallam. This, this isn't the speech of Allah like that. So what do you do? هَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الرَّسُولَ أَحْدَثَهُ إِمَّا جِبْرِيلَ أَوْ مُحَمَّسَ أَسَلَّمْ They'll say this indicates that whatever we say, the Qur'an is not the speech of Allah. It's the speech of Muhammad Wasallam or the speech of Jibreel who gave it to him. But definitely the ayah is affirming it's not the speech of Allah, they'll say. So now what do you do? قِيلْ ذِكْرُ الرَّسُولِ مُعَرَّفْ أَنَّهُ مُبَلِّغٌ عَنْ مُرْسِلِهِ لِأَنَّهُ لَمْ يَقُلْ إِنَّهُ قَوْلُ مَلِكٍ أَوْ نَبِيٍ فَعُلِمَ أَنَّهُ بَلَّغَهُ عَمَّنْ أَرْصَلَهُ بِهِ لَا أَنَّهُ أَنْشَأَهُ مِنْ جِهَةِ نَفْسِهِ this is a grammatical point. إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ ذِكْرُ الرَّسُولَ The fact that it was mentioned, it is the statement of a noble messenger. What is a messenger? Linguistically, what is a messenger? Somebody who brings you a message. They say Allah mentioned that messenger in the ayah for a reason. Didn't say it is the statement of the Prophet, the statement of Jibreel, the statement of the angel. Statement of a noble messenger. Because a messenger is someone who brings you a message from someone else. So it is the statement of a noble messenger. Is a proof that the Qur'an is not from Muhammad Because he is simply the messenger giving us that Qur'an. He is not the one who wrote it or brought it about himself. If that was the case, he's not the messenger, he's the source. So the fact that Allah says it is the statement of a noble messenger, then that is a proof he is not the one who uh, is the source of it. So then who is the source? What is the source? Look into the Quran and the Sunnah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From him to from Allah to the Prophet, the messenger who is then going to bring and disseminate and teach the people that Qur'an. So, that could not be used by the people of innovation against you to say that it is the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. Then Al-Imam Ibn Abil Izz, he says, وَبِلْ جُمْلَةِ In conclusion, overall, overall, look at this now, أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ كُلُّهُمْ All of أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَذَاهِبِ الْأَرْبَعَةِ From all of the four schools of thought. Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, Al-Imam Al-Shafi, Al-Imam Malik, Al-Imam Ahmed Hanbal. وَغَيْرِهِمْ And other than them, other scholars. 
مِنَ السَّلَفْ وَالْخَلَفِ From the early generations and the later generations. مُتَّفِقُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ غَيْرُ مَخْلُقِ Are agreed that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, not created. وَلَكِنْ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ تَنَازَعَ الْمُتَأَخِّرُونَ فِي أَنَّ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ هَلْ هُوَ مَعْنًا وَاحِدْ قَائِمٌ بِذَّاتُ وَأَنَّهُ حُرُوفَ أَصْوَاتِ يعني أشياء Then people after them, they separated and deviated and started talking about all of these things. Is the Qur'an this? Is the Qur'an that? Is it a meaning in Allah that was transferred to Jibreel? Did he go to Lahul Mahfuz? All of these things then they came after. As for the Imams and the Salafan, the correct understanding as it was, united upon the fact that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, another point we can mention is, جميع الكتب المنزلة من كلام الله All of the books that have been revealed, the Torah, the Zabur, the Quran, the Injil, the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, all of these books, they were all revealed from Allah. All of them are the speech of Allah. Of course, we know that the earlier books, they were left in the guardianship of the people and they were unable to preserve them, so they were distorted. Whereas the Qur'an, it is preserved by Allah. But initially, the Torah, the Injil, the Bible, etc., they are initially, originally, they were the words of Allah, the speech of Allah, revelation from Allah. Then afterwards they've become distorted as they are now 20 versions of the Bible and everything else. Now it is not, it cannot be said this is the original what was revealed. But originally it was the speech of Allah, it was the word of Allah also. وَكَلَامُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى لَا يَتَنَاهَا فَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يَزَلْ يَتَكَلَّمُ بِمَا شَاءَ إِذَا شَاءَ كَيْفَ شَاءَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the attribute of speech and that is something which is constant. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks when He wills, with what He wills, as He wills. Then, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi did say something. He said, Bila kayfiyya, without how. That as a principle, we said, when it comes to the attributes of Allah, fi bab al-asma'i wa-sifat, la nas'al kayf. So we don't ask, how? How exactly does Allah speak and how does it work? We don't know. That we don't know. وَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا We don't know how and the howness is not something that we delve into. The howness is not something that we delve into. Scholars have said though, as he mentions here, لَا تُعْرَفْ كَيْفِيَّةُ تَكَلُّمِهِ بِهِ قَوْلًا لَيْسَ بِالْمَجَازِ وَأَنزَلَهُ عَلَى رَسُولِهِ وَحْيًا We don't know the details and the specifics of the speech of Allah, but we know that it was revealed to the Messenger as revelation. أَنزَلَهُ إِلَيْهِ عَلَى لِسَانِ الْمَلَكِ 
It was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ upon the tongue of the angel, Jibreel alayhi salam. فَسَمِعَهُ الْمَلَكِ Jibreel min Allah. The angel Jibreel heard it from Allah. Heard the Qur'an from Allah. وَسَمِعَهُ الرَّسُولُ مُحَمَّدْ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ مِنَ الْمَلَكِ And Muhammad وسلم heard it from Jibreel. وَقَرَأَهُ عَلَى النَّاسِ And then the Prophet Muhammad وسلم recited it to the people and they memorized them, memorized until it came to us preserved. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَقُرْآنًا فَرَقَنَاهُ لِتَقْرَأَهُ عَلَى النَّاسِ عَلَى مُكْثٍ وَنَزَّلْنَاهُ تَنْزِيلًا نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينَ عَلَى قَلْبِكَ لِتَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُنْذِرِينَ بِلِسَانٍ عَرَبِيٍّ مُبِينَ All of these ayat talking about how Allah revealed the Qur'an, revealed it with the trustworthy messenger uh, uh, Jibreel alayhi salam to Muhammad sallallahu So all of this so far then indicates to you what? It indicates to us that we believe the Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah spoke the Qur'an. It was heard by Jibreel alayhi salam. He then came and recited it to the Prophet Not like the people of innovation who reject the attribute of speech to Allah. They reject that Allah spoke the Qur'an and they bring all types of weird and wonderful explanations of how we got the Qur'an. But we understand now the basic principle of Ahl Sunnah in that Qur'an. Next week we'll carry on with part two of this. It continues yet. More of a refutation on the people of innovation who claim the Qur'an is created. And also the waqifah, the people of innovation who said, we don't know. We're not going to get involved in this. Is the Qur'an created? Is it, is it not created? Makhluq, ghayru makhluq. They said, ma'na We're not going to get involved in these things. What do you think about that madhab? Wrong. Bal al-Imam Ahmad, he said, they are hum aswa' min al-mubtadi'ah. The ones who are clear. They are worse than the ones aswa' halan mimman qala bi anna al-Qur'an makhluq. They are worse than the ones who said the Qur'an is created openly. The ones who say we don't know, we don't get involved. So we're going to discuss those topics in the second session next week insha'Allah. Carrying on with this topic of the Qur'an, it is an important topic. It's going to talk about uh, regarding the speech uh, and the, uh, uh, the sounds and that this Qur'an, it does not compare to anything in creation and the challenge that Allah has put in the Qur'an. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا فَأْتُوا بِصُورَةٍ مِّنْ مِثْلِهِ This challenge is open up until يوم القيامة. If you're in doubt, Allah says, then bring another ayah similar to it if you can. Challenge that is open up until the day of judgment and a challenge that will never be answered. So these kinds of topics are important and we'll carry on with them from next week at 7 p.m. Insha'Allah ta'ala. And then after we finish that topic, the next topic in detail is the topic of seeing Allah. And there are lots of ayat in the Qur'an that prove it about seeing Allah, ru'yatullah. So we'll go into those sections from next week. Any questions on that or anything else so far? Could we um, use a night journey as well as a speech? Night journey is a proof too. When Allah spoke to the Prophet ﷺ. Night journey, al-Isra al-Mi'raj. When Allah spoke to the Prophet ﷺ, that's another proof. There are multiple, many evidences for it too.
الجدعه من بينهم الاباضيه وما يقولوا ما نرى ربنا يوم القيامه والايات واضحه بارك واضحه انا نرى ربنا يوم القيامه ما هو الدليل عندهم عندهم شبه يعني عندهم يعني مثلا في ايه لا يدركه لا تدركه الابصار وهو يدركها هذه شبهه عندهم يعني he's saying that the people we're going to discuss this next week in more detail anyway but he's saying the people who claim like the ibadiyya they say you're not going to see Allah on the day of judgment how come when these ayat are clear so for example there is the ayah la tudrikuhu al-absar wa huwa yudrik al-absar that the eyesight cannot encompass Allah Allah tells you in the Quran your eyesight cannot encompass Allah Allah is the one who sees you so they say خلاص this is the dalih لا تدركه الأبصار فينفون الرؤية but this is a mistake what does it mean what's the tafsir لا تدركه الأبصار like we said before يعني الرؤية يعني الإحاطة الإحاطة الرؤية شيء والإدراك شيء هم يرون ربهم لكن لا يدركون تماما لا يحيطون بما يرون هذا هو المعنى but this is the problem with them they don't understand this they say the ayah says the eyesight cannot comprehend Allah Therefore, you can't see Allah. We said already, actually, that means you can see Allah, but you won't understand everything properly from the might and the majesty of Allah. Like you see the moon and you don't understand the details of it, but you see it. But those, inshallah, next week is the topic. We'll talk about that in detail. Nafasil al Asbu Qadim, inshallah. Go on. The stunning, if an animal is stunned and dies before it is slaughtered, then it's haram. If it is stunned and dies before it gets slaughtered, then it's haram. If it is stunned but it's alive when it's slaughtered, then it's halal. It's died because of the slaughtering that means. So that really is down to the issue of does it die from the stunning or does it not die from the stunning. Generally, it would be safer to stay away from meat that is stunned because there is the possibility it dies from the stunning itself. You cannot stun an animal to death and then slaughter it. It's dead already now. So, if it dies from the stunning, it's haram. You know the mass production and Even if they do, when you walk into the shop, you go to a grocer, you go to some meat shop, Muslim guy, he says halal. Muslim guy says it's halal meat. You don't need to ask him, give me the, the name of the slaughterhouse, give me the name of your uh, supplier, and go do a year's research and go check all the chain out to the last farmer where he gets a chicken to find out if he gets slaughtered. No, no, it's Islamically. Islamically, you don't have to do that. Islamically, the man tells you, he's a Muslim, he's a Muslim. He tells you, my meat is halal. For you, it's halal to buy and eat. You don't have to go do the research all the way back into the chain to the slaughterhouse and check if it's getting slaughtered properly or not. You can't do that. The man tells you it's halal, Muslim selling halal meat, you can buy it halal. Morrison's now, mashallah, they have the halal meat in the corner with the tandoori and the peri-peri chicken. Huh? <laughs> there you go. No, don't they use again all these so-called Muslim HM, HM, whatever they call them? They use something like that, surely. How are they going to make the Muslims believe them? So they must use some type of stamp. 
So they must use a Muslim authority. If they use a Muslim authority certificate, خلاص, it's now being verified by Muslims that it's halal. You don't have to go check all their procedures and everything now. It's verified by Muslims, it's halal. You can take the word of the Muslim. If it's not, no, no sin upon you now. The meat of the people of the book, Ahlul Kitab, the Jews, the Christians. In the Quran it says, do not eat the meat that has not had the name of Allah mentioned upon it. When it says the Jews and the Christians, they, the, the Jews, let's take the Jews, Yahud, they, with their kosher guidelines, are absolutely stripped upon it. So now, kosher meat, there isn't any doubt about. You can go into any kosher shop in Leeds, if their meat tastes nice, no problem, you can buy it. Because they do it strict, strict, strict upon their rules and their guidelines, kosher, 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 they slaughter properly upon the Jewish way. Permissible to eat. In this country, the issue really is the Nasara, the Christians. Because in this country, are the Christians actually Christians? Are they Christians? All the churches are closed. Are there any open churches anywhere now? All the churches are mosques, mashallah. So here in this country, the Christian is the problem. That's why there is a doubt that some scholars mention regarding the Christian meat and it's mentioned by the people that can you trust Christian meat in a country like this? Where we know now, I think was it the last uh, uh, consensus, the survey, I think 51% registered as Christian. Barely half of the country. So maybe next survey, next survey, the majority of the country will be non-Christian. So there is an issue, there is a problem about the Christian meat, can it be trusted? The Christian one, I think it could be a problem. The Jewish one isn't. The Jewish one, they have their strict, strict laws, they slaughter upon their proper Jewish ways. Kosher is kosher. You can eat that. But the Christian one, there's more doubt about. You go to ask the... The other ayat that give you the permissibility of eating the meat of the Jews and Christians. The Jews they slaughter upon the name of Allah generally, upon their belief in Allah. Yes they do. Generally the Jews, they believe in Allah. So their slaughtering is done upon that method. How they slaughter according to the Jewish rules and laws and that's permissible to eat. But the Christian one, like we said, the issue is are they even Christian? The ones who are doing it. That's the doubt about the Christian thing. Some may say, officially Rasmiyan, Britannia, it is a Christian country. The Queen, the Church, it's officially a Christian country. Officially, Rasmiyan. It's a Christian country. So some scholars, they say, Khalas, go walk into Tesco, walk into Asda, buy the meat, it's on offer, no problem. It's a Christian country you're living in. Officially Christian country. But then comes the, the, the nitty-gritty, which is that the reality is vast majority of the British population don't identify as Christian. Hardly just the old 
elder generation maybe, all these youngsters now under the age of 40, who says they're Christian? Who, even, who goes to church? Who anything? So the reality is, are they really even now Christian that you can take their meat? That's the issue. So, it's the Muslim, the kosher, that's no problem, but the Christian. Frequent, so Muslim halal, it leads, mashallah, every, every two, two streets you have the halal. There's no, there's no issue, but it still wouldn't be impermissible. If one day the kosher shop has a big discount going on, it's allowed. It's allowed. Would it be, would it be acceptable if a Christian, proper Christian, stun an animal rather than slaughter? No, no, you wouldn't. Stunning even if a Muslim does it, let alone Christian. A Muslim comes and stuns it, kills it, it's died by stunning. Haram, you can't eat that meat. Hmm. So we leave it there. Halas next week, inshallah, 7 p.m.